Annalise. And good morning to you. It's uh, one of those mornings we I see that things may or may not work, but we'll just plot on with the show. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I was looking, I think, uh, I don't know why my LinkedIn was not started because we broadcast on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, mm -hmm. LinkedIn, all at once. Anyways, I just added it now. Hopefully people can see. How are you today? Like it's, yeah, it's the start of this week is like, crazy oh my gosh like i've been already uh involved in a cyber crime i know <laughs> <laughs> i sent like it's it's a reminder to everybody to be very cautious when you receive whatever um you know in email i'm not the victim thank god but i did send a knee transfer to somebody and apparently it was deposited in the wrong place so um not sure I'm, i gotta call the cops after we're done here that's that's gonna be my morning it's gonna be an interesting morning yeah and yeah uh, and my uh internet seems to be freezing every now and then so if i become like robotic my mouth moves no sound comes out just just ignore me <laughs> i'm not gonna go away but just ignore me yeah what yeah. a beautiful weekend we've had oh, oh my, my god it felt like it was like early june it, it was, did it was so gorgeous and uh, i spent a lot of time outside and i saw that you were gallivanting as well well i did do a bit of gallivanting saturday i i love the word out and about with my lisa and mumsy my mother doesn't like it she hates that word mumsy but when i go out with my mother i think it's so cute anyway my mom my mom and i went to the uh quilt exhibition that was on this weekend the quilts on the seaway 2023 and it was hosted by the cornwall quilters guild at st john's presbyterian church oh my god julia works of art this is actually my old neighbor frank crosby and this is one of the quilts she has on the show uh-huh a christmas quilt oh of wow <laughs> yeah that's one's but for you but yeah, she was explaining uh, quilting, how they do it, and uh, just so many different designs. and It's art. It, it is a form of art. I was amazed. Even quilting coats. Here's a... Uh, and and oh, yeah. upstairs, I just love the way they presented them. Upstairs on the church pews, mm -hmm. there was hundreds and hundreds of quilts. It's awesome. It was, it was beautiful. And, it looks uh, awesome. So many different styles and ways of doing it. And then they had a bed turning display. And I'm like, bed turning? What is this? Yeah, that's look what at is that it? One. Well, keep going. There's some pictures at the end. I don't want to spend too, too much time. Go, real, but... go quick, quick, quick. It's at the end. What they did was they had a bed and they had, oh. here, here we go. They had 12 quilts on this bed and these two ladies kept turning the quilts over and the lady on the uh, back podium had a story about each quilt. Oh, wow. Really, really interesting. Mm -hmm. There was a history to each one. It was such an amazing event. They had the old fashioned tea room and, yeah. and I don't know. It was such a nice uh, afternoon event. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so if uh, another show comes up, guys, go and see it. It's real, it's well worth it. It was really, really nice. Awesome. Well, um, I just uh, I want to play a little clip today because we've had such a rough start of the day. I want to mm -hmm. show you this video that I fell onto uh, over the weekend. This guy, totally awesome guy from um, he is from Texas, down in Texas. He's a weatherman. And what he does is he gets requests from people to okay. inject um, song lyrics into his, his weather forecast. Oh my. And so this one was Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay. And I totally need, you tell me if you hear this sound, okay? Because you need sound for this. But this is what he came up with for Bohemian Rhapsody. You hear a clear sky in Houston in the morning? Is this the real life? 
Or is this just fantasy? If you're just waking up and joining us, open your eyes, look up to the skies and see this time of year, we still get cold fronts. So the warm air is easy come, easy go. And relative to average, we're a little high, a little low. Anyway, the wind blows doesn't really matter to me, to me, as long as rain holds off for the weekend. But that doesn't necessarily look like it's going to be the case. I see a little silhouette of a rain cloud out there in the distance over the Gulf. That rain staying offshore, though, this morning. If you have outdoor plans late in the day Saturday, you're thinking thunderbolts and lightning, very, very frightening. I don't expect any severe weather here, but certainly some downpours. Goodbye, everybody. I've got to go. Got to leave you all behind and face the truth that no wait weather and traffic ends now. But Houston Happens is coming up next. Oh, my Lord. That was amazing. That really brightened my day. That was amazing. If you go onto his webpage, his name is Adam Kruger. So it's CW39 Adam Kruger. And if you go to his page, he has reels like this every, like, I don't know. I think he does it like every week or maybe even every day. I don't know. But he takes the requests from people. He says challenge accepted. And then he'll go and he'll inject all those song lyrics into his uh, weather forecast. And he has a ton of them, like all the songs like he's got like he's got rihanna he's got like um snoop dog he's got like a whole bunch of them it's hilarious it's really fun to watch and uh what an original thing and i'm thinking to tell people to start asking us to inject ask my lease to start injecting lyrics into our monday morning motivation and uh, (laughs) we'll do that that would be kind of cool I'm not sure if I could do something like that without <laughs> bursting out laughing. He's so serious. I'm not he sure if I is, can do it. Like, and it, it just fits so perfectly. It was great. Anyways, so that was my little um, smile for today. Yeah, that was amazing, actually, considering the day we started with. So, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I, actually, I had a beautiful. Did you see my pictures of where my office was this weekend yesterday? I was at the picnic table at the property. Oh, working no, outside oh yeah it was so nice <laughs> how so did it out there actually it wasn't too bad there was some mosquitoes at the end of the afternoon but they actually are not bad but my question was so what did everybody do this beautiful sunday like what kind of things did you end up doing everyone Let's see some comments. Yeah, let's see some comments. I've, uh, I'm trying to sell my trailers, so I've had a lot of people coming to uh, look at that. And, uh, you know, um, so you know, I'm trying to sell a uh, 2011 tr- good little trailer for a, a small family. So if you're interested, just uh, get in touch. <laughs> Kasika Chick Julia is looking at a car. Oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I was not, like... I was not like a new car was not on my radar at all. And then John changed his car. He's been waiting. Poor guy. He's been waiting for over a year for his car. Yeah. He bought a uh, 2023 uh, Hyundai hybrid Mm -hmm. luxury model. It is so beautiful. And um, so I fell in love with his car. Right. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just so happened that I was just browsing, you know, that's, that's how everything happens. Yeah. You start browsing and then, you know, all hell breaks loose. Anyways, I started browsing and I was on Seaway Hyundai because he bought it at Seaway Hyundai. Hi, Jeff. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Best salesman ever. Um, Anyway, so started browsing on the used car because I don't necessarily want like a, you know, 2023, but maybe a 2021 or 2022. And I fell on this car who like, it's the same as John's exactly the same as John, except for the leather seats. Like he has leather seats. This one is cloth and And it's not hybrid and it's not hybrid and it's a little more sporty looking. Okay. But, oh, my God, my lease, that car is so me. And the color is fiery orange. It's actually called lava orange. It's orange. like between red and, and and orange. Like, it's it's so beautiful. Like, I just, I fell in love with the color. And I went, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to humor myself. I'm just went oh, to see Jeff. Yeah. I'm like, oh, what can, yeah. you know. Yeah, you know, you, you do for that, me. You, you don't just humor yourself. You come out with a car. Yeah. Anyways, I just I just fell in love with the car and I'm, I'm uh, you know, trying to make it happen. And I'm going to like 
get it on Saturday if everything goes well. It's just nice. beautiful. Love nice. it. I thought it I thought it was kind of like a secret reddish kind of thing. No, it's not. It it's it's not exactly red. It's more like in between between uh red and and, and orange. orange. But I mean it's not a it's not a it's not a ugly orange, you know, like there are mm -hmm. let, I'm I'm trying to pull the picture here. Well it's not I, I'm sure on the screen. You can't really tell because I it really it looked more red to me, but yeah, in red in red in red light. Well, it is it is kind of reddish, but it's mm. it's 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 orangey as well. Here it is. Oh no, I can't put that in the stream. Oh well, I'll find it and I'll show you guys in a minute. But uh, we have guests today. We do. First of all, we have Jason Pollock who joins us every third Monday of the month. So here's my car. There it is. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. It, yeah, it's, it is reddish. It's reddish, but it's also orange. It's lava. It's like, you lava. know, lava. Anyways, okay, so we have Jason Pollock. Hi, Jason. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. So, sorry we bought the car up before we bought you up, Jason. Oh, uh, uh, I know. How am I supposed to follow that? Like, wow. <laughs> it's just... And how do I follow that weatherman? Although the weatherman did not do the head banging that is appropriate to Bohemian Rhapsody. So that was totally true. A little disappointing. Totally true. <laughs> I, I don't, you, you look like you could do the head banging part with the. Yeah, I could. I, I got my little ponytail going <laughs> oh, here. So go. when, I, uh, when I, you know, uh, when I untie that, yeah, it, it can get pretty, uh, pretty uh, rowdy, pretty, pretty hardcore. Yeah. <laughs> I like that hardcore. I'm into heavy metal, so yeah, that's my As kind am I. of thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's my kind of music. So, Jason, for those who don't know you, can you just give you a quick intro as to who you are? Yeah, so I am um, I am the manager of mental health promotion and volunteers at the Canadian Mental Health Association Champlain East here in uh, here in Cornwall, and we serve the five counties in Aquasasne. Um, and I am also a registered social worker, and I have a private practice that I see clients in as a as a therapist. Okay, and last week we had you on. We were talking about fighting mental health stigma. It was part mm -hmm. one. Today we're going to cover part two. So um, if you guys have picked up your seeker, Jason's got an article in there and we're going to talk about part two. Now, before we get into that, though, Jason, what exactly is considered a mental health issue? Oh, boy. Well, wow, that is a broad question. Um, well, how to define that, actually? A, a mental health issue or a mental health concern um, is I guess in the broadest definition, the, the opposite of what constitutes mental wellness. Um, and mm -hmm. so a lot of people misunderstand mental health concern. They think you need to have something uh, quote unquote big, something that is diagnosable, something that really runs your life off the rails. Like um, uh, some people think it has to be, you know, bipolar or schizophrenia or, or something mm -hmm. like that. But, um, you know, uh, certainly those are very serious mental health concerns, and it's not, to, uh, it's, it's not to downplay those in any way, shape, or form. But the thing is, there are, um, and I hate to use the terms big and small, but there are uh, smaller, less, um, uh, less severe mental health concerns like depression, like stress and anxiety. And it's not to say that those aren't uh, important because they are, but all that to say, someone could have a mental health concern like depression and still be able to function in their life quite well. They might be able to parent their children. They might be able to go to their job and perform adequately. But underneath is, is just this feeling of um, uh, a lack of pleasure, uh, not being able to get much enjoyment or satisfaction out of life. So Basically, a mental health issue or a mental health concern ranges from the sort of mild, you know, depression or just having the blahs or, you know, seasonal affective disorder all the way up to very serious uh, concerns that require medication and perhaps institutionalization. Um, so it really is is it runs up across that spectrum. And it's, it's really sad that there's such a stigma because like you're right, if you've got an illness like cancer or uh, diabetes, you'll go to a doctor, get it checked. And mental health 
illnesses are just that as well. Like they are illnesses mm -hmm. that you can deal with and get checked. But a lot of people, the stigma that comes with them is not the same as if you've got uh, cancer or diabetes. It's not the same no. at all. No, it's, it's not. And I think that's because there is an enduring uh, misunderstanding about mm -hmm. mental health and mental illness. So for example, um, if you said to someone, I have cancer or I have diabetes or, you know, um, I have, you know, lupus or something like that, mm -hmm. no one would ever say to you that it was your fault. They would mm -hmm. never say to you, they I, at least I would hope not. Yeah. Um, they would never say to you, oh, you just need to... Um, well, you just need to get out a little more or something like that. You, you just need to cheer up. I'd take a nice bath, you know, or something like that. But this uh -huh. is what people often say when someone uh, says that they have a mental health issue. So there's this enduring misunderstanding that um, the fault for mental health uh, or mental illness lies on the sufferer. Uh -huh. There is a, a, a misconception that someone has a mental health concern because of something they're doing or because of something they're not doing. You know, exactly. so the blame, the, the blame is put on the sufferer. And so no one would ever, like I said, no one would ever blame a cancer, uh, a sufferer for their cancer. Like oh, it's something you did that gave you cancer, but yeah. that's what people do with mental illness. Yeah, you're right. And, and like, it's a to it's totally seen differently than a regular illness. It's, it's mm -hmm. kind of sad because it shouldn't be. So in uh, your article, you're writing about strategies to deal with uh, mental illness, fighting mental illness. Like, so you, if you are suffering with mental illness, what kind of things can you do? Well, I should I should point out I'm not the one that writes the uh, the articles. Uh, just to, just I wouldn't want to labor under any uh, no, misunderstanding. Right. But yeah, so sorry. Ask me that question again. Would you mind? So it says. Um, let me just. Uh, so if you're a person who is living with mental illness, there's a number of ways that you can stand up to the stigma. So what kind mm -hmm. of things can you do? Like, uh, I think one of the most powerful things that you can do is uh, to just be courageous and share your experiences uh, with others. The thing is, is that, you know, let's say 50 years ago, um, mental health issues were very much behind closed doors. You know, the, the stigma was much worse than it was than it is now in the, in the past. And if you had a mental health concern, um, you were shamed and you felt a lot of shame. Uh, and you tried to hide it as much as possible from other people because it didn't. The good people didn't suffer from, yeah. from those things. Now, fortunately, the the conception, the perception of that is uh, is changing. But I think one of the most powerful things you can do is speak openly about your experience. And the reason why I say that is that it gives other people permission to speak about their issues. Um, and the reality is is that. So many people suffer from mental illness, whether it's, you know, depression or anxiety all the way up to schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. So many people, more people than you think. Right. And it has happened to me that I have been speaking to a group and I have mentioned that I personally suffer from depression and uh, and anxiety. And uh, and that has opened up the conversation and people have you know said, wow, thank you for sharing that, because that you know, gave me permission to, uh, to speak about it. You know, it's, it, it it's, it really is, uh, a, just a question of being honest, uh, about it. And I think you will find that being honest about it, lots of people will resonate with that. Yeah, it's true because like, say everybody does suffer with some form. I mean, we all have anxiety. We all get overwhelmed down. Sure. Mm -hmm. But a lot of us can deal with it, and a lot of us need medication. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and that's it. And the the problem is part of the problem is is that there's no set definition of what constitutes mental health or or mental illness, um, because it's not like you are one or the other all the time, forever and ever. Yeah. Normal people, normal quote unquote normal. I'll use the term normal people, um, people who do not consider themselves to suffer from mental illness, still um, 
get depressed sometimes. Yeah. You may not say I have clinical depression, but lots of everybody gets depressed every once in a while. Um, everybody gets sad, um, sometimes yep. for very good reasons, sometimes for no apparent reason. You just wake up on the wrong side of the bed and you're like, yep. I feel kind of blah today. Um, I guess what constitutes a mental illness is when these patterns of thoughts or behaviors uh, extend for you know many weeks or months. Mm -hmm. Uh, and really have a disruptive effect on uh, on your lifestyle. That, I guess, yeah. is what would constitute, uh, you know, a, a mental illness. But everybody has, quote unquote, symptoms of mental illness, like sadness or depression or lack of attention span. Yeah, no, I know. I go through it, uh, stuff like that yeah. often, too. But but you, I can kind of talk myself out of it. It's when you mm -hmm. can't talk yourself out of it. I was muted. <laughs> Oh, I was trying to talk and I was muted. I just, <laughs> I want to interject because my least, you said, you know, uh, most of us uh, can deal with it. Like, uh, you know, but I want people to understand that it's okay. If you can't. To not be okay. And it's okay if you can't talk yourself out of a depression or out of a, of a sadness. You're not mm. less than because you can't do mm. that. You know, you're no. not. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with you for feeling that way. And and I think that a lot of the stigma comes from us feeling like we're wrong. We're like everything about us is wrong because we're feeling mm -hmm. like this. Because when, yeah. when society yeah. is normalizing, yep. you know, being happy as like you, you're supposed to always be happy. And yep. that's not the way it is. It's absolutely normal to go through different emotions. We're emotional beings. We are emotional beings. Yep. You're absolutely right, Julia. And and the the what is the first thing if anybody um, sheds a tear in front of you? What's the first thing they say? I'm sorry. Yep. yep. You know, like and and people say that to me at funerals. You know, no, don't, don't be, be sorry. sorry. For, Somebody don't died. be sorry for crying. This, this is a funeral. This is a totally appropriate place and time for yeah. you to be emotional. And the thing is, is that. You know, it's always an appropriate place and time to be honest about our emotions. Obviously, there are uh, there are healthy and productive ways of expressing emotions, and then not so much. But yeah, every this is this is one of the things that makes uh, mental illness so insidious. It's not only from the external people judging you or being afraid of what people will think. It's also how we judge ourselves. Yeah. Lots of people think, Julia, and you 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 touched on this that you should just be able to talk yourself out of it that you should just be able to pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and, and take a bath and with a scented candle. And, and then all of a sudden everything, you know, people say to themselves, I shouldn't feel like this. So what they well, do what's is the first they thing we say to ourselves is like, what's wrong with me? What's yeah. wrong with me? Smarten yeah. up. <laughs> Smarten up. Get it together. You yeah. know, absolutely. And um, and these are things probably that our parents told us and then we tell ourselves, you know, and maybe we tell our kids those things and, and the cycle and the cycle continues, you know. Um, but the reality is, as you said, Julia, we are emotional beings. Our emotions are there for a reason and they need to find a way out. And and a lot of a lot of mental health conditions actually come up because we're not adequately processing our emotions. And that's just the you residual repress effect. them and repress them. And eventually it just gets the best out of you. Well, you know, a lot of people continue with, let's say, toxic relationships or toxic jobs mm -hmm. because they think I should be able to handle this. When in reality, you know, maybe it's just that those situations suck and you need to get out of them. You know, um, maybe it's just that no one would say to themselves if they have diabetes, I, I should be able to fix this. Yeah. You know, no one with cancer would say, well, why do I have cancer? I just, I'm, I'm weak. I really need to uh, just figure this out. I shouldn't have cancer. You know, that's not productive. You need medication. You, mm -hmm. you need to yeah. be followed by a doctor. You need to follow the appropriately prescribed medical you know, procedures and, and, uh, and, and whatnot in order to get better. And, and the thing with a lot of mental health illnesses is that, you know, they are due to um, imbalances in neurotransmitters. Yeah. So at its at its basest form, mental health issues are a physical health problem. 
It's just chemicals in your brain that are not working correctly or not in the right proportion. It's it's so sad though when you think back to like many many years ago when somebody with mental health issues was just put in an asylum yeah. and or shock and, treatments. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's it's really sad how it was dealt with versus how it's dealt with now. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know the funny thing is is that 50 years from now the way we treat mental health uh, issues will be seen as barbaric as well, you know, because the technology yeah. and the understanding of it will will progress in in the future. So, you know, I mean, we're always we're always in the process of of changing uh, our our mentalities about things and changing our understandings, you know. So, I I I am hopeful that in the future, uh, stigma will continue to be reduced. And and part of, you know, what, just the conversations that we're having today, you know, that's a big part of, of battling the stigma. We need to talk openly about it. There needs to be dialogue. We need to normalize talking about mental health issues and concerns as much as we normalize talking about medical health concerns. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So Jason, I'm gonna put you on the spot. I know we're not talking about this topic this morning, but something happened in the last week um, for me, and um, I did not quite know how to handle that situation, but I'm going to ask you how someone should handle, handle that situation. Okay. So a friend, of mine, a friend of mine sadly uh, lost her son um, mm -hmm. to an overdose uh, in the past. I'm sorry week. to hear that. And... Um, couple of days after this happened, I received a message, a Facebook message, and I'm not like too close to this person. Like I speak to her like a little bit here and there. We, we chat here and there, but nothing really close. Anyways, I got a, a message from her and she told me that her son had passed away. And then she proceeded to tell me that um, she had decided to commit suicide as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. So, and that person is in Texas, like really far away from me. So mm -hmm. I kind of did not know how to handle. I, I said what I thought I should say, you know, and, and I really urged her to go and find some help and call a suicide hotline. But what else can we do? Mm -hmm. Well, um, the, the appropriate response, whenever someone says, I am going to commit suicide as, as soon as possible, uh, it needs to be taken very seriously. Um, and the authorities need to be alerted. I called uh, the right, cops. Right away. Okay. But okay, that I had limitations absolutely. because I don't know where she lives. Like, I don't have an address oh, for her. I don't have a phone number for her. So mm -hmm. um, all I have is her Facebook account, and they wouldn't do anything with that. Well, um, you, you would be surprised. Uh, the police are, are quite resourceful. And if you have a person's name, uh, they can usually locate them. I mean, the, the police have all of us on file. That's just the nature of the, of the system. And, and in this situation, it's, it's actually kind of a good thing because um, the police uh, do have the resources to find her. Well, um, that's what I'm saying. They did not do anything. I called them. I gave the name. They said they mm -hmm. couldn't do anything. It's okay. it, maybe it's different in the States. I called it. Houston Police Department, because you okay. know this person was in in the states. Okay. Um, and uh, they 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 just they they said unless you have a phone number, an address, or something, we can't do anything. Like I'm like, can wow. you not call Facebook or something and get that information? Well, uh, probably because of privacy laws. No, they they couldn't. I I know in Canada, and this has happened to me. Um, I have uh, contacted the police because someone was expressing uh, on Facebook uh, what I consider to be a very serious um, expression of yeah. suicidal thought. And uh, I did not have a phone number. I just had this person's name. But the police located him uh, and located his place of employment and, uh, and, and went to do a wellness check. And the person's yes. not in trouble. Yeah. Right. It's not no, to get no, the person in trouble. Sure they're, they're, they're not going to jail. It's a wellness check. Hey, yes. you know, how's everything going? How can we support you? Yeah. Um, well, uh, I want to maybe... report that she's still alive. So that's OK. You know. OK, good. And she's been um, she's been processing and posting more and, you know, dealing with her feelings, I think. So I, I'm pretty sure she's going to be OK. But it was a scary situation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, as I said, the, the appropriate response uh, when someone expresses that they are, you know, uh, have suicide. The, 
I guess the thing is, is that um, here's, here's the reality. Everyone, and I mean everyone, has had suicidal thoughts. You know, everyone has had those ideas come into their mind. Um, there are degrees of, of severity, if you will. I mean, some people just feel, you know, ah, the world would be a better place if I were no longer in it, but they don't actually feel the need to kill themselves. And other people are really quite, uh, you know, distraught and, and they have a plan and they're gathering materials to follow through on this plan. Um, but all expressions of uh, suicidal ideation uh, need to be taken seriously. Um, they need to be given space. Um, I think most people's automatic reaction when someone in their circles expresses suicidal ideation is to say, no, you have so much to live for. Mm -hmm. Right? That's the sort of our knee-jerk reaction. And it comes from a good place. Okay, we're, we're trying to point out to this person, no, you know, you've got lots of reasons not to be depressed. But the thing is, that doesn't acknowledge that this person probably has uh, very real reasons to be depressed. Now, obviously, your friend has a very real reason to be distraught. And, and you know, what, what parent would not think the things that she was thinking yeah. under those circumstances? I think most of us would probably just the pain is too big unbearable. the pain is, is too real and, and, and unbearable um uh, so what i would say would be an appropriate response as as a friend or as a relative is to open up that space and say okay i i hear what you're saying i'm here for you i'm here with you tell me about those tell me about those feelings you know and and open up the, the opportunity. Um, there is a course out there called ASSIST, A-S-I-S-T, and it's Applied Suicide something, something, something. I can't remember the rest of it, unfortunately. But ASSIST is an excellent program. It is a two-day workshop, costs you about $250 to do, a little less, maybe $230. Um, but uh, we, we run them, the CMHA doesn't run them ourselves, but we have trainers that we contract out to do these trainings, and we're always running these trainings. Um, but ASSIST is really a fantastic program uh, that leads to more um, uh, suicide-aware communities, right? To talk about the risks, to talk about how to dialogue with someone who's experiencing those, um, those you know, those thoughts or, or those feelings. But the priority is to make sure that that person is safe, you know, that that person is not going to harm themselves or someone else. And then the second priority is to open up space for, for those conversations. Validate their feelings, you know? Absolutely. They, Absolutely. Saying something like, uh, you have so much to live for, think about the rest of your family. It's kind of invalidating what they're, it is. they're, they're feeling right now. So I, I tried yeah. to just say, you know, to her, like, listen, I'm here for you if you need me. Like, don't hesitate. If there's anything I can do, reach out. Like, you know, mm -hmm. I'll check up on you here and there. Um, you know, and then I'm sorry for what you're experiencing. Nobody should ever go through something like this. I can't mm -hmm. even imagine the pain that you're going through. And I, I can. can and I can. I can. Yeah, you, uh, you can. Well, I lost my son uh, two years ago to a massive heart attack at the age of 33. And oh, Thursday. No, I'm sorry, my niece. This Thursday was a really rough day for me because it was his birthday. He would have been 35. Mm and it was his second heavenly birthday so i can totally relate to your friend julia yeah. obviously because unless you've lost a child i really don't think anybody understands no and and julia you you said something uh that i want to highlight you said i can't even imagine how that no you feels. can't i i avoid ever using the words i understand yeah how you're feeling because you don't you know, because yeah. even if you've had similar experiences, you know, you don't understand what one person is going through because they're a totally different person who has different exactly. coping mechanisms, different life experiences. They see the world through a totally different lens and their experience, although perhaps similar to yours, is not going to be the same. So, I mean, I try to remove or expunge i understand yeah you know um but but definitely you know my lease you would you would get where she's coming from oh you know? yeah you you yeah. know you know that pain 
you yeah. know, absolutely. Um, but yeah, uh, just pointing out that a lot of people who experience mental health problems uh, or suicidal ideation, um, we're, we're very solution focused, right? Mm -hmm. our, our solution, our focus is to get that person feeling better as quickly as possible. And part of that is because we feel uncomfortable with our own, you know, negative feelings. You know, in reality, there's no such thing as a negative or positive feeling. Feelings are our feelings, but we assign a value to them. Sadness, ugh, I feel bad. That's negative. I don't want to feel that. Happiness is positive. It's good. I want to feel that. Mm -hmm. And so at all costs, I'm going to try to bring myself up, you know, from, from that level. But sadness at the loss of a child, sadness at the loss of, of a loved one, that's, that's the appropriate response, right? That's what needs to be felt. That's what needs to be expressed. Um, and people always try to say, you know, or suicidal ideation, right? That's, that's, the, that's what needs to be expressed. Um, people need to be given the space to, to express that. And, and Julia, you're absolutely right. If we say, you know, oh, but think about the rest of your family. Oh, you have yeah. so much to live for. Oh, you know, if you have a relative who's been sick for a very long time, most people often say quite well-meaningly they're in a better place. You know, their suffering is yeah. over. But that just totally negates what you're saying. Ah, that tells the person I shouldn't be feeling what yeah, I'm feeling. Exactly. Yeah. And so therefore, mm, I'm just going to stuff it down and I'm going to not feel that as much as possible. Yeah. And later on in life, that will manifest itself as mental health disorders, physical health disorders, because yeah. it happens in the mind, happens to the body. Um, you know, it's, um, yeah, I, I think the, the kindest thing and, and really the best thing to do is open up space and just say, okay, so you're thinking of killing yourself. Tell me, tell me about that. All right. Well, yeah. thank you so much for answering my question. I have to bring in my other guests now. Before we do, I just want to mention that there is a barbecue in support of CA, CMHA that is happening on May 5th at 9.30 a.m., and I believe it's in front of the Cornwall Police Service. Yeah, and it's actually the it's, Optimist it, Club. It may not be a barbecue at this point, where, uh, but it will be something involving food and, okay. and beverages. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sounds so good. So we're just we're just discovering that it's um, uh, logistically it's a little more difficult <laughs> to get a barbecue off the ground than um, than we thought. So it's it's more likely to be you know something some, else, some some snacks and some drinks. Yeah. But something's coming. All right. Something's may coming involving food. May the fifth. May the may fifth. May the fifth. Yeah. So now, Mylise, I'm going to let you introduce our next guest. And so, Jason, you want to stay or you want to go? Maybe Jason uh, has to, you know what, Jason? Maybe you have some questions for the guest too. So you never know. So, I, so our next guest is Angela Parker, and she is the sustainability project coordinator with the city of Cornwall. Hi, Angela. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so happy that you were able to join us because there's a lot going on. There is. And I apologize for this week with Earth Week. Oh, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Oh, no, okay. uh, your, your background is fine. <laughs> I was like, they had to put it's... me in a little room here at the library <laughs> because uh, the wireless wasn't working. So they put me in this little room. <laughs> All right. So what's draw, going on draw at the library? A tree today? or something on the board. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't think of it. Oh, well. <laughs> that would have been good. So there is something going on at the library for Earth Week right now, right? Yes, yes. Right now, um, we have our our placement student from the college um, supervising that right now, and we have a children's movie. Um, playing um, for preschoolers, and um, it's called uh, "To the Arctic." Um, about some polar bears um, in the north. And then this afternoon, so I'm staying here all day today because this afternoon we have another documentary um, or another film, um, What Lies Below, um, at one o'clock um, here at the library as well. And it's a Canadian documentary um, about um, the health of our, our waters and the fishing industry. Wow. All cool. right. Now, other stuff going on. I'm going to have you talk about it, but I'll kind of prompt you. Cornwall Gives a Shirt. What is that? Okay. So Cornwall Gives a Shirt. Um, 
it's from the the waste management department, but I'll do my best to explain it. Um, so I believe it's been a few years now that they've been doing the Give a Share program. And every spring and fall, you have the opportunity to donate um, clothes. Um, and and the, the purpose of it is to divert from the landfill. So we want as less products going into the landfill. Um, so this here, you don't actually have to go somewhere to donate it. You can take a, this is during, so this week only during your garbage pickup days, you can take a bag and put a shirt in it. So give a shirt, or you can put more than one shirt, or you can put, uh, we ask for spring clothes, um, this this time for this season and then the fall um, we ask for like winter and fall clothes so um so spring and summer clothes right now and you put them in the bag put them at your um pickup for garbage put a either a paper on it that says i give a shirt or give a shirt uh, and then staff i'll be doing it on wednesday actually for the pickup uh, we'll be going around in a city vehicle and looking for those bags and picking them up and then donating them to uh the local um charities that have stores with uh with used clothing i just awesome. love the marketing for, for this like it's <laughs> so clever like you know remove a letter <laughs> yeah it is so good then and i see there's a seed bomb workshop what mm. is that okay so the seed bomb workshop i'm just going to pull up the name of um so uh, there's a local organization called radical roots um, and the woman, uh, Kristen, who owns the, the organization, um, will be here at the library. So that'll be tomorrow. April, yeah, 18th. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so tomorrow, um, there'll be two workshops for this, but I'll explain what the workshop is first. So seed bombs are um, made from, I'm going to be learning more about it during the workshop, but they're made from soil, I believe worm castings, maybe some clay, and you put um, like seeds in it, like wildflower seeds, native seeds. And um, she'll be showing us how to make that and teaching us about the, the different um, flowers and plants that, um, that will be coming out of these seeds. So we'll be learning about seeds and native plants. And um, then you take this seed bomb or ball. Um, and I learned about seed bombs when I was doing my master's at Concordia because I learned about something called guerrilla gardening, where people would make these seed bombs and kind of just toss them out throughout Montreal and uh, in hopes that wildflower seeds, uh, wildflowers will grow um, within the urban setting. Uh, but that's not Technically, we're not promoting the guerrilla gardening um, tomorrow at the uh, seed bomb workshop. Um, you can take your seed bomb home with you and plant it on your property, uh, and then see and see watch the um, the seeds grow into beautiful native plants. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. If you if if you were just throwing it, tossing it, that means that you you can just throw it and plants are going to grow. They should. Like you don't need to plant it or anything. It just it just it wow. should grow from the uh, from the little from the ball. Thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so, oh wow. So, so you can just actually take it home and put it in a bowl or something, and it will grow. I believe so. Um, I'm sure Kristen will know more <laughs> tomorrow. But um, yeah, what? I plan on uh, making one, and then I have an acre, so just kind of tossing it maybe in the end of the forested area and see, see what happens. happens. Yeah, see what happens. What time? So that's uh, my what? kind of gar gardening. Yeah. <laughs> What time is this happening tomorrow at so the tomorrow, library? Yes, so tomorrow here at the Cornwall Public Library, um, we have an adult one from 1.30 to 3.30. And then we have a children's one, which is um, for seven years and up at in the evening from 5.15 to 7.15. But I mean, anybody um, seven and up can come. We just have it at night. So if high school students want to come, elementary students want to come. Um, and you can be three years old and to seven, but we ask that, uh, you know, your parents there to, to help um, create the seed, the seed bomb with you. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I like that idea. I might even actually go. We should both go, Julia. We yeah. should go check that one out. Get your hands dirty. <laughs> yeah. Addressing Climate Change with Laura Lynch, April mm -hmm. 20th. So what's that one? 
Yeah, so yeah, Wednesday I have a little bit of a break, so we don't have any activities. I'll be out uh, picking up the Give a Shirts on Wednesday. So Thursday, um, we have CBC um, journalist and podcaster Laura Lynch um, joining us virtually from um, British Columbia, where she resides. Um, and she hosts the podcast What on Earth? And I'm a big fan of that podcast. Um, because my brain doesn't stop working. So even on my days off, I'm listening to climate uh, podcasts. <laughs> and, uh, what, and hers is, is one I enjoy because they do speak about stuff all over Canada. Um, and so she's going to join us and talk about how um, organizations um, and uh, businesses all over Canada are addressing climate change and extreme weather events um, and how we can mitigate uh, climate change and how we can adapt to climate change. Um, and that's going to be uh, hosted by Gabe from Your TV. Mm -hmm. um, and we'll be doing a, a Q&A with Laura afterwards, and that will be in the automotive room in the Benson Center. Um, it is limited seating, so we do ask that people register ahead of time. Um, and um, so far, so good with that. We're very excited that she'll be she'll be joining us and being able to give a big overview of what's uh, happening here in, in Canada. Wonderful. Now, the seed ball, is that a free event? The seed? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so most of these things are free Yes, events. yes. We, we have them all free, um, except for the one that's I most likely will be talking about next. <laughs> the eco printing workshop. Is that the one you thought I'd talk about? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so the one on Friday uh, is eco printing workshop. It's going to be at the Klein house. Um, so the art gallery um, and it's um, eco printing on paper with fiber artist, Janet Tullock. Um, and yeah. I think I believe she's local to Prescott Russell area. And uh, we've taken some really cool, um, recycled uh, or reusable paper from municipal works and infrastructure. So like old drafting plans on one side and the other side will be blank. So those we're going to use those papers to have a, a cool um, look for the journal. Um, that one is, I believe it was 12 participants for it and it's $25. So um, it's, it's, it's not a lot. It's, um, mm. but I believe it might be sold out at this moment, but there is a waiting list. Okay. Awesome. Earth Day cleanup, April 21st. April 21st. Um, yeah, so last year we had the Earth Day cleanup the Friday before our Eco Day. So we're going to have it again the Friday before the Eco Day. Um, and it was on Earth Day last year. So this year, um, Saturday is Earth Day. So we're going to do the cleanup on the Friday. And our goal is to clean up, uh, have Lamaru Park all spick and span for um, Eco Day the next day. But um, we also go along the waterfront as well. We did that last year. Um, and people are welcome to join staff from noon till one at uh, Lamaru Park to do a bit of a cleanup. Um, we will most likely be there all day setting up for getting ready for Eco Day. Um, or people can, we just encourage people to go out um, spring when snow melts. It re reveals so much. Oh, yeah. Garbage <laughs> and oh, spring is just, um, yeah, not very pretty sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah, my yard um, was a mess. Yeah. <laughs> so you see what's uh, what was left uh, after the snow melts. And, and if anybody wants to, to go out on their lunch hour or during the day on Friday, kind of celebrate um, Earth Day um, by helping clean up the the, the um, planet, um, whether you be in Cornwall. I'm in Glengarry. So if I was I'm probably going to do stuff on the weekend, which I usually do uh, around Earth Day um, and send us photos. And then you can uh, then we'll share those and, and see how everyone's, uh, you know, I think it takes, they say it takes a, a village or <laughs> I don't yeah, know, the quote, but, a village for sure. yeah. <laughs> but it's something that, you know, if we make a mess, we, we need to clean it up. So and I'm pretty sure we all have some little part in the mess that's out there. Mm -hmm. Well, you're saying you're in, are you in North or South Glengarry? South Glengarry. That's all my, we're building. On, yes. uh, on Highway yes. 18. And you know what? Yesterday I was driving out there and what was horrifying me is looking, it looks like people are just throwing their garbage out the window. Like McDonald's cups and stuff yeah. just flung out the window. It was awful. Like, why are they even doing that? Why can they just not take it home? And um, around where we are, Beaverbrook, there's a landfill. 
Yes. So we took a little ride down Beaverbrook on our property and somebody has pretty well dumped the whole truckload of old furniture and stuff right on the side of the road. And I'm thinking, why? Yeah. Why do people do that? It's horrible. So what yeah. do we do now? Do we have to go and clean their mess up because it's sitting on our property? Yeah, I know a lot of people blame like bag limits for it and whatnot, but I, I don't, I think that's an excuse. I on my own, I go through like a Seaway news bag once a week and that's myself. So a family of five, I would say a Seaway bag news for five, unless you have diapers. Um, but mm -hmm. I just, I don't know why people needed five bag limit. I mean, maybe. Um, I mean, if if it's furniture on top of that, just is bring furniture. It, bring it to Cornwall's uh, recycling place. Yes. There, they have a a whole, you know, place Life where you can dump store. your yeah. your furniture. That they well, can... there's a there's a landfill up around our place too, like down Beaverbrook. It all, yes. obviously was closed. We're going. Why would somebody dump this? Obviously, the landfill was closed, and they just wanted to dump it somewhere. Oh, We're wow. talking couches, lamps. Yeah. Uh, an end table it's just so dumped. It is sad, and and it's like that's where I all think it's a little selfish horrible. and it's yeah. convenient for them. A lot selfish, actually. Yeah, very <laughs> very convenient for them and not yeah. for us. But yeah, anyway, yeah. yeah, no, the cleanup is really necessary, especially in the springtime. There's a lot on the side of the roads, yeah. <laughs> and then the big culmination of all this thing is mm -hmm. on Saturday, the third annual Eco Day in Lamoureux Park. So what exactly is going to happen there? Okay, so um, this is our third annual Eco Day. So very excited that um, right after I started this, uh, started at this position, sustainability project coordinator, I was like, we need to do something for Earth Day. Um, so my colleague, Katie Wells and I, we, we decided, okay, we'll do an Eco Day. We ended up doing it in August, the first year because um covid restrictions and then last year we had it at lamaru park it was a great success over 500 people came for our, our second one and so um we're doing it again this year and it's always the um the saturday following now it's always the saturday following earth day and earth day just happens to be saturday um and at lamaru park we have we're gonna have booths of lots of organizations and city departments as well um there's going to be uh, music on the stage uh, we have yaffa arts and crafts again for the kids to use recycled materials um, to make art um, their river institute will be there with several booths the raising region conservation authority will be there for their annual tree giveaway transition cornwall plus will be there and they're also giving away um trees and you can also bring um plastic your plastic pots if you've saved them from gardening uh, I know I keep them mine in the, the garage and then I give them away in the spring. Um, so you can bring those to Transition Coral Plus for their projects and they'll reuse them. Uh, we have a tree nut expert. You can learn about which uh, tree nuts are edible, even try them out. Uh, Cornwall Transit will be there with one of the hybrid buses and the bike rack. Again, this year we can bring um, uh, electronic waste to be recycled as well as pens, batteries, um, eyeglasses. You can even bring your give a shirt donations there as well. So same as last year, it will be a table in front of the hybrid bus and you can bring those items and we'll dispose of them properly. Um, we will have a booth about our newly approved climate action plan. Um, there'll be one about organics. We have our rain barrel sale pickup. You can pick up your normal May signs. There'll be a mulch, a free mulch and compost pickup courtesy of our parks and landscaping department. Um, though there'll be a free bike safety checkup booth. So you can bring your bicycle there. Um, and the first, uh, I think it's about 40 or 50 people to bring their bike to get a free safety check. Um, will receive either a bike bell or a front, a light for the front of their bike or the back of their bike. Mm -hmm. uh, so we encourage people to bring their bikes. There'll be free transit to and from the park from 9.30 a.m. to 2.30 p.m. So the event is from 10 to 2. So that gives you lots of time to be at the park and to use free transit. Uh, we want to um, encourage active uh, transportation. Um, I hope I'm not missing anything. There's other organizations. Warm Up Cornwall will be there. Any yarn that you have and you don't want to put it in landfill, you can bring that to the Warm Up Cornwall booth and they um, will knit something for and donate it. Um, 
hope I'm not missing anything important. I probably am, but we have lots of uh, booths there. The Environment and Climate Change Committee. Um, I hope no one's listening right now and saying, what about me? What about me? You <laughs> but, feel like you're at the Academy Awards. <laughs> I know I should have had my list, eh? Bring out my thank you speech. I, I like feel- and like uh, the Academy Awards, I'm going to stop you because <laughs> uh, I want to. Yeah, we're we're kind of running out of time, but I do want to talk about No More May, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so yes. what is No More May? <laughs> so No More May started in the UK a few years ago. Um, it's very it seems to be controversial. I think it's so odd that something so simple is so controversial, but it's allowing the um, the plants and the grass on your property to grow for the month of May or sooner, depending on the weather. This year it could be sooner, mm-hmm. and just to leave it um, for as long as. Um, as possible. <laughs> um, there are no bylaws for the month of May, so you can keep your grass longer than what the bylaw has. Um, and it's to encourage the the, the first flowering plants um, to come up and not be disturbed so the overwintering insects can come and use that for the food that they need when they kind of wake up out of hibernation. Um, and also it's it's also good to leave your lawn and not rake it up at the, until like closer to the end of May. Usually the May long weekend is where people kind of um, uh, plant everything um, because there's the over entering uh, wintering insects there that the birds are also kind of picking at and, and the leaves and stuff and getting their food. So there's lots of beneficial um, reasons for kind of leaving your lawn um, go for the early spring. Um, and we really need to encourage biodiversity because um, biodiversity is kind of what keeps us alive and what keeps everything else alive. Awesome. I've got a quick question for you, though. My big concern is ticks. If the grass yeah. is getting long, <laughs> what about ticks? And what about animals walking in the grass and humans? Like, what about the ticks? Yeah, so um, no, studies show that normal may doesn't actually increase the tick populations. I mean, however, like the long grass is something where ticks can hide, but ticks are more likely to be in Gaydon Park, somewhere where there's like 100% um, humidity with the leaf litter. Um, so the only way a tick is going to get from Gaydon Park to your lawn is to um, attach onto your clothes, attach onto your dog that might have been at Gaydon Park. Um, a lot of wild urban wildlife are very kind of like squirrels. They'll stay in their little area. Um, deer will transport them, but I highly doubt deer are going to go from Gaydon Park to your no. to backyard <laughs> here near the library. Um, so if you're at Gaydon Park or Summerstown Trails, you need to check yourself for ticks. Um, you need to look and check your dog because that's most likely where you're going to get the ticks and that's how they're going to get transported onto your property. Uh-huh. Um, if you are backed onto a forest, um, you can always mow um, a couple feet wide between the forest and uh, your lawn uh-huh. um, if you're growing tall grass or letting it naturalize because then that creates a buffer zone for those ticks because they need to grab onto something. Um, they don't jump or anything, just grab on. Um to keep uh, yeah, a buffer so it won't get on to your property. But the one tick I found on me, it was right after I had gone to Summerstown Trails. I didn't check myself when I was leaving Summerstown Trails. And then when I got home, there was a tick on me and I'm, I'm pretty sure it, it came from there. I'm not saying don't go to these places. They're beautiful places to go hiking. Um, just check yourself and be prepared. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we've got, uh, Sheldon's had a couple of ticks on him from our property. So that's why I'm always concerned about them because those are very horrible things. And one, I pulled it out, half got left in him. I couldn't get it out. It was, it was, they're just horrible. So I'm always worried about ticks. Thanks a lot for, for talking about all that. Thanks a lot for telling us all about all that information. Oh, anytime. Because I can see that you're so passionate about it. (laughs) Yes. I love it. I know it's all I ever really really think about. I need to shut my brain off sometime, but on weekends, evenings. I mean, it's important. It's important. It's so important. We need to uh, work hard to try to leave a a world that's worth living in for Mm -hmm. our, you know, the next generations. It's, it's super important. And I know, and I know Jason is listening too, but I'm thinking again for, I know you can't make stress go away, but if, Hey, if you can get out, yeah, get out in the open, in the outdoors and it's always good for fresh air and 
mental health, right? Yep. Well, sunlight and yeah, yeah, you you can't um, get rid of stress, but you can garden, and that's almost uh, that's almost <laughs> oh. as good. You know, uh, <clears throat> I find gardening very good for my mental health um, and getting out in the sun and just yep. being in contact with the soil. I, yep. you know, this is probably apocryphal, but some people say that, you know, there's antidepressants in the soil. There's like, some chemicals that, um, you know, actually uh, release neurotransmitters in your in your brain and certainly messing around in the mud. Mm -hmm. I think more adults need to be doing that. Yes, I need a workshop. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. I love those. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I want to thank you so much. It's already 11. So I want to thank you very much for being with us today and talking about all this interesting stuff. We'll bid you Anytime. a good day. And Mylise, uh, have a great week and have a super duper day. And remember, Cape is coming on the 22nd and 23rd as well, as is Ed the Sock and Dana Lair at the Cape After Party. That's also good for laughing. Oh it's my God, we're, we're going to be there. And I think I'll be laughing at that one. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for having us. Bye-bye. Thanks for coming. Bye. -bye. Bye.